Hello, welcome to a new episode of Podcast and Bullshit, or PNB, if you are lazy, which is dumb. Uh, I am your host, the not-so-lazy Kayla. With me today is Travis. Say hello. Hello. Yep, there he is. And Dylan, IBM's say hello. lazy because they don't call themselves Imagine Games Network anymore. Those sellouts. Come on. IGN. Ziff Davis Company, IGN, come on. Sometimes Some I think will... of it like a weird like um, broadcasting network, like a very <laughs> local station, yeah. IGN. You know, they had Craig Harris back on a bunch of their shows uh, this week. Yeah, I, oh, I cool. guess he's just around. What did they have? Did they have Phil of YouTube? No, no. Did you see he had a new, a new video where he's trying to recultivate his YouTube audience again and nobody's fucking buying it? <laughs> I... It, does, does he, who does he steal it from? Does he steal it from? He probably stole it from like uh, Philip DeFranco just... or something. It, it really would not surprise me at that point. God, god damn it! Uh, hi, I'm Dylan Tierney. I don't write for IGN yet, um, but here I am in all my podcasting glory. And there yeah, you are, indeed. sir. So, not to are. start out with a uh, non-video game discourse, but apparently GameStops are. Uh, Testing out having actual gotcha machines, like those fucking little tiny toys you get in little like gumballs, pretty much. Like I'm talking. Oh, oh my god, one. I am gonna be broke. Like official Bandai, uh, like little gotcha games. Yeah, got, it's gotcha literally gotcha fun. Like there's, it, see, it's one of those things where I thought gotcha fun was the name of the genre. Kind of like how people think Kleenex is just like a type, is just tissues, like they're interchangeable. No, it's like a, it's actual term. Or yeah, like bandage like for bandages. Um, so I was in a GameStop and I was, I was getting the aforementioned before the show uh, Switch accessory. Um, and he's like, three bucks and you can get a little Dragon Ball keychain figurine. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. It's three dollars. I don't care. Um, and yeah, like it's I, I it's it's weird because in the, in the States we got loot boxes and stuff as the thing before um, before gotcha games like physical gotcha stuff gotcha pawn became a thing so my only like comparison i can make to this gotcha pawn thing is like overwatch loot boxes or something because it's like oh one in five it's a very rare broly keychain and most people get super saiyan blue vegeta and goku and it's like man this is like the fucking publishers and developers the last five years were not subtle about just aping that completely huh so I got I got the world's tiniest Broly figurine. It's literally like I'd say an inch and a half tall. Um, it's not even new Broly. It's old Broly. It's it's non-canon Broly. Um, so I don't know. It's weird that GameStop is getting them. I you'd think like a Walmart or something would be focus testing that, or like just general stores. But I mean, I guess it makes sense for GameStop's been pivoting to being like an all-purpose geek store for a long time. So. Well, I mean, they bought Think yeah, they bought they so. bought ThinkGeek like five years ago. Like it's 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 yeah. been transitioning uh, into like basically a gaming focused. I wouldn't say Spencer's guess. I wouldn't go that far, but like a hot topic for just video games, pretty much for a while. I remember I used to working. I worked one holiday season at GameStop, and I honestly didn't mind it too much. Um, it was it was I didn't either. It was I, when I the Xbox the One and the PS4 came out. 
there were a lot of midnight launches I had to work. Oh yeah. Um, and I, and I got time and a, time and oh, a half yeah. for those. I remember so that. that was fun. But um, I don't know. Like uh, back then, I feel like that was the the last bastion of uh, GameStop being only games and not just like two t-shirt fucking like aisles, pretty much. And and you know like. 17 variants of figurines board games and like weird merchandise like oh here's dragon ball monopoly like if i don't even want it you know it doesn't really need to exist so i don't know i still got i still got the the switch stuff i needed so ultimately the purchase success and i think i'm going to give this little brawly thing to one of my friends he really likes brawly so for whatever reason this thing is pointy as as hell Broly, if you didn't know, has very sharp hair, very pointed edges. Um, he is a big boy, so gotta be careful. Don't step on him. It's like it'd be worse than a Lego. So, but uh, that is only semi-related to video games, and I'm not gonna talk about Dragon Ball Fighters again. I'm not. I'll. Uh, I play the game a lot still. But uh, the last characters came out, so I got really nothing else to super look forward to. So, uh, anybody been playing any video games at all? N- anyone? W- WWE 2K19? No. Anybody? I've been playing a lot of WWE 2K19. Um, it is WWE 2K19, so that's definitely <laughs> a thing. Uh, I don't know. It's it's fine. It's it's one of those games. Uh, there's a lot of jank in there, and um, it looks pretty, but it also is very. Um, I don't know. It's, now, it's just if, one of those things. when people people like to rag on sports games for being the same thing every year, uh, even though they're not, and that's kind of just a lazy like a lazy catch-all argument for sports games. Um, like, oh, it's just a roster update. That's all it is. But like, for the WWE games, do they tend to? Like is that more true than say like your Maddens or FIFAs, or do they try and make each one each year like add something a little different? Like what's the the new thing for this? So one? it it is. I would say it's the thing is, and I think Giant Bomb has talked about it before in their Game of the Year stuff. The problem with those games is it's literally built on. Gosh, now like what? Probably twelve, thirteen year old technology where it's. The like what I always tell with Madden is that the games always feel different. Um, like the running feels different, the passing like feels different. Like it's it's built on the same architecture to a degree until they change the frostbite, but then like there's still like tweaks enough where it, it feels a little bit different. It it's less of a it's less of a like of a features add like DLC to more of like doing like a um a, an extensive mm. mod for it, right? Um, the WWE games feel like just DLC ads. Like they may change a mode or two and do that, and then that's the incremental change, but that's really about it. Like in this game, what they changed was a lot of the animation, so it's not as slow as it used to be. Like a lot of characters used to like lay down and then like their wake up animation was a lot slower, so it slowed down the pace of a match. It's a lot faster. Uh, a lot of the counters are uh, reversals are a little the animation flows a little bit better so like it it also looks great like i i in the process of like doing a little video review thing or whatever and when it post as a foster opinion uh like it, it looks really good 
it is probably the best it's looked ever. Um, a lot of the a lot of the character creator is a lot more in depth, and there's a lot more you can really do. And they streamlined a lot of stuff that, like on the minutia end for someone who is like myself probably going to put in like a hundred plus hours yeah. in that game will appreciate it. Um, the my player mode stuff is a lot better um, with the integration of like of character of character progression. Like one of the things I've really harped about 2K is that the 2K basketball games, and I think Cat Bailey over at US Gamer actually said this as well. Like it's so it's so like beholden on you doing microtransactions to progress the player. So like you could do the story mode and have like this very in-depth player and like you've done through all the story mode and still be like a a, a sixty five rating player, which is not fun to play as a basketball game when most characters are like like the average character is like around a seventy eight mm. or an, or an eighty for like a middle line character, um, and like this does it as well. Um, they've kind of streamlined it. Like there's like this actual uh, like branching tree path now to progression and so it's a little bit more in depth and i think that was a really cool way of doing it but there's still like the progression still isn't great it's still that game um it doesn't really mimic being a wrestling match um the ai so i've again i've been playing these games for like 12 years so i always have it on the hardest difficulty and i still have no problem beating the ai like i might lose a match here and there but that's usually like a lot of dumb luck or the the wheel system not being great. Uh, when I was talking to Matthew Allen um, from VGA, and we were talking about like the submission is not really good, especially like at the UFC this year, really revamp their submission mode, and it's a lot more fun and a lot more intuitive to kind of pull right. off a submission. And this one, it's a lot more just like button mashing, and it's not intuitive. Um, there's still like really bad glitches in the mode, um, and it's it's. It's still like when that game when that game does stuff that like makes it feel like you're watching wrestling. It's really fun. That's really far, you know, few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, the story mode. Okay, so the story mode was the actual thing I want to talk about. That story mode is wild. Um, what's really cool is it really is a story mode. Like if you're a hardcore wrestling fan it's a really cool story mode for that because like you're a guy who wrestles in the indies and then you go to NXT and then you get fired because somebody beats you up in the parking lot. <laughs> so then fucking Vince convinces on the phone. like, can't have him in here. Well, it's Triple H and Triple H, he literally says this like, you can't be here. You, you got beat up by somebody in the parking lot. Like how you're going <laughs> to, we're a globally traded brand. Uh, so your response is to go to their wrestling show and hop over the fence and then beat the shit out of wrestlers. Which <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. If you ever want a good time, um, just you, just like YouTube fans fighting wrestlers. Um, wrestlers are actually really tough people because I would say like they're they're trained to like sort of uh, have the facade of doing these moves, but that means they can actually do the actual moves if push comes to shove, so they're actually, I'd argue, very talented or fighters. Or some wrestlers are just really tough motherfuckers who will just punch you in the face. Uh, that too. I mean, you know, <laughs> if I start if I start throwing punches at, like, uh, 
fucking I don't know who's the human kaiju who'd you call him that the fucking Brock Lesnar yeah. yeah that was it if I just start fucking trying to throw hands at Brock Lesnar he's just gonna fucking clean my clock yeah um so yeah that that was when I saw that I was like okay that's real dumb like you get a contract because you're legit like it's like a shoot fighting people that's so stupid uh and then <laughs> it gets dumber like at what point you go into the multiverse to find your dark wrestling persona. <laughs> um, Shadow wrestler. You fight Triple H as a zombie. Um, in a, You're not me, brother. In a decapitated house. Like, it's a... The game is, the game is weird. It's really weird. Hey, to be fair, at least they did the good grace of having a zombie person who's alive. Like, if they had a zombie macho man, I think this game probably boycotted. Yeah. Oh, uh, but it's... It'd be too much. It's a really, it's a really weird game, and the story, the story's stupid but fun. Um, and like the tower stuff that they in, they introduce is really cool because it it gives you more progression, and it has like a very mm-hmm. much like, hey, you should fight these very specific type of fights, and that's that's really fun and interesting to do. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a really to call it a good game would be a little bit too much. It's not a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's a good. It's a good. What would you qualify as? Like it's a good wrestling game, maybe no, or like it's, it's a... not. Um, <laughs> no, because Fire Pro came out this year. That's a a much better wrestling game. Yeah, but even um, then, I feel like based on what you were telling me, I think a few months ago when Fire Pro first came out, it's like the the gameplay around that game is also on the shallow end. It's just a different kind of shallow. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a very much, it's a very much like a button mashy. Like I think me and uh, Curtis used to do those fire pro Friday stuff. Like it's a very different game. And I think like, if you're just like, Hey, I just want to like do a wrestling simulator. It's not good. Like the no. reason why, the reason why those no mercy games are so like beloved is because it, was able to accurately like show how a wrestling match should go. Like you can't just, I can't just start the game and start doing like high power moves because you'll instantly reverse it because like you have to build match, up to it. Right. In a wrestling match, you don't just do high power moves it's as your momentum goes in. So like when you play that game, it felt like you were doing a wrestling match. You wanted to build mm-hmm. momentum to it. And these, in these games, like I can just set, but I could do a big move right away, and if you're just not fast enough to counter it, then it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do that move anyway. So it doesn't feel it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. It just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're watching wrestling. Is it? It just feels like a a simulated fight. Uh, it, it it almost feels yeah. like I don't know. Fire Pro seems like a, a stylized, like a heavily stylized, like kind of like a Mugen almost, where you just create the character, and it has like a very in depth character creator. And I'd say it's comparable to like Soul Calibur, which you know Soul Calibur Six just came out. Everybody's making these cool like custom characters, but like ultimately, you know, you have this base kit, and you can't really deviate from that all that much. Yeah, I mean the the thing with people like about Fire Pro is you have the macros where you can make the characters feel like the wrestlers you're watching, so it feels like less of you're playing this game with. Well, with action figures, right? Like, that's what the WWE2K games feel like. You're just smashing action figures together. So it feels less like right. that. More like your action figure has come to life and is now Kenny Omega or John Cena. <laughs> you know, right. like, it's something like that where, like, like I said, WWE2K just feels like 
okay, I'm just smashing action figures around, and then I can see them do their cool entrance, and that's awesome, and I enjoy that. So like, it's it's to the it's to the point though where it's it's uh, I've been so spoiled by Arc System Works. Like I would love to see just like WWE fighters or WWE wrestlers or something, just because like I look at Nappa, you know, and how he kind of does his thing. Like I totally see a sort of overblown sort of like cartoonish wrestling veneer like thrown into something like an arc system works game and i i wouldn't say that for every single kind of fighting game right like it, it takes a special kind of energy a special kind of um like momentum uh to make like an arc system works fighters based off of other like existing ip right i mean that's um, the reason why people love those like WWE all-star games where we right just like those very stylized over top i think I think those definitely work. I think you can do like a No Mercy S game, but you have to, they have to rebuild that system. Like, again, that system is over 12 years old and it doesn't work. And it's right. It, and like, it's hard to say, like, if they'll change it because, like, well, I'm sure they're getting dev kits for whatever the new consoles are at this point, right? Like, right. At least then, starting to. But the thing is, this is the, so. I think Alex Navarro from Giant Bomb said, like, this is the the best one of those games. And I, as someone who's been playing them, again, you know, since WWE, since SmackDown versus Raw 2006, I've been playing mm-hmm. them yearly. Because um, there, there were games before that, like Here Comes the Pain and stuff like that. I, I like, didn't play those yearly because I don't think at the time, like, I had a... I had an Xbox for a while, and those Xbox like these games are not great, but they're like they're not trash. Like the Xbox wrestling games suck, mm-hmm. um, but like so I didn't really get a lot of those games. I didn't really get a chance to you know try out a lot of those games until you know Sweat Network Raw 2006, where I played a lot of. Yeah, it was very novel at the time, and it definitely was the most one of those. But No Mercy still it's. It's still wild to me, like that game was so done really well and in depth, and you felt like you were playing a wrestling game because of how they it was able to tell its story in the gameplay, and that these games like they're they're lacking gameplay, like they're lacking being able to tell the stories with the gameplay, and it's just I don't know, it's it's such a really weird thing. It's probably the worst game I've played this year. <laughs> wow. And I also paid a hundred dollars for it. So Christ alive! I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like I bring up this example a lot because it's an easy example to to just sell unto people. But it's like junk food. You'd I'd say like, yeah, it's not good. It's probably bad for you, and you you shouldn't have it all the time. But it tastes pretty good, and like you get a you get a weird kind of comfort feeling out of just playing it. Like I've 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 spent my time into bad games like that before. There's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. Just, I'm, I'm hey, curious also, if they ever want to, if they ever want to sort of lean into making that gameplay like truly satisfying on a gameplay level. Like, is there are there older games you should try try and emulate from? Like, no, I don't think you could just port uh, the physics engine of those N64 games into like a modern setting and just call it a day. Like, I feel like there's a lot of you'd have to put in a lot of work to properly just represent it the way people want it. I think if you, I think if you. I think if you did the gameplay, I think if you, I think if you one dumbed down the gameplay itself, mm-hmm. uh, kind of stripped it down from like there's a lot of bells and whistles in to learn it. Like it's the it's the argument with most sports games is like, hey, to get really good at this, you have to know the, the minute 
minutia of playing the game you know it's it's like fighting games like to be good at a good fighting game you have to know you know frame you gotta be able to read frame data frame uh, data and knowing when there's gonna be an overhead and, how and to know react and... yeah and know where the hitbox is know where the hurt right. box is like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it where you can't just like like it, it, it is a lot right um and i think this this game does the same thing there's a lot of stuff like you learn how to jump off the top ropes. You need to know how to do a rebound attack. You learn how to do a carry attack. There's so much minutia. I think if you strip a lot of it down, kind of limit the move set, but then also made it more enjoyable when you did a big move. Like yeah. I remember in Smackdown versus Raw, like and that's what in No Mercy, if I did a if I did a, a power bomb, I could do a, I could do a suplex and it would be fine and that will help me build my meter up. But then I would do a power bomb. Which is something that was a stronger move, and I could only do it if my momentum was like orange, letting you know like I wore my opponent down. So like either within time of the match or within where my character would be, you know, in that match, I got to that point where I could start doing bigger and better moves, and that felt a lot better. I mm-hmm. I don't know what you can do. Like to be completely honest with you, I think it would be beneficial if they didn't do a WWE you know, 2K20 or whatever it's going to be called or, uh, next year, mm-hmm. I think they should really take a year off and then figure out, okay, how do we rebuild this engine and make it fun? And it did that's, wonders for Assassin's Creed. I mean, like, they took a year off and then did Origins, and after Syndicate, or not Syndicate, after uh, Odyssey, they are taking another year off, I'd say also because most people are going to be, be able to finish it in a year. Right. Um <laughs> But, I mean, just taking that time away that can sometimes, you know, yield good results. I think it is a bit of a gamble when, you know, company deadlines and bylines are, you know, expected things on quarterly basis. And even if a fucking WWE game is crap, you know, there is a bit of a uh, built-in audience to that stuff. And, you know, if you take a break from that for one year, then you're not going to have that sort of guaranteed revenue stream. Like, I feel like they'd have to do something... Like have like a, a a different team make some other kind of WWE product just for that year. Like that's that's kind of the basis for what Call of Duty turned into. Um, well, with uh, its with its like it it was Infinity War, Treyarch, Infinity War, Treyarch, and then they have three studios now, so it's even more kind of split up. Well, I like what UFC has been doing with EA. I think EA actually has the better thing where those games aren't annual; they come out biannually. But because they mm-hmm. come out biannually, they kind of looked. I think they got that first game. And it was basically built off of the, you know, off of a, a version of like the fight night and engine. And they were like, okay, we'll do this. And then they took two years off and then they put out, you know, that second game, which was a little bit more like that. Then they took two years off and they were like, okay, let's rebalance this whole thing and make, let's make the ground and pound a lot better. And I, I think WWE really needs to just do that. It's just take two years off of that game and just, really say okay how do we fix this but again i think that's a bigger problem with 2k like i i've i have not been a huge fan of the 2k sports games i've actually used to play 2k the 2k basketball games every year Mm -hmm. and i have definitely transitioned away from those because of that problem uh i played nba live from last year's and i loved it i loved how their player possession progression was I like the presentation of that game. It was just a lot different. Yeah. They have been rebuilding that game, you know, so many times. I 
I feel like WWE should definitely do the same. I don't know. It's it's a really weird game. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know. It's in this weird limbo between like a traditional sports game and like just a different entity altogether. Like it, WWE operates like literally no other organization in the, on the planet um, to its benefit and its detriment. Uh, so like when that extends to something like a multi-million dollar game slash corporation slash whatever entity 2K is, you know, if you don't know 2K... Uh, used to helm up like Irrational back in the day, and now they currently, you know, they are the publisher behind Rockstar. Um, like, you know, they're they're their fingers on a lot of pies in the gaming market, so it's just weird to see how those two kind of kind of combine it to what what the WWE, WWE games are. So, like, even me from afar, I can kind of just appreciate like ha- at least how interesting of an approach like all this stuff is, even if it's not that good or that. Like objectively quality or what have you, I don't know. Right. I guess I, I don't think you're wasting your time playing the game. If you're having fun with it, you're having fun with it. But it's it's just interesting to see like peel back the layers on it and get a little inside baseball. Because like, yeah, it would be totally great if those games took a year off and kind of found itself. But as it stands, it kind of just has to you know be year after year. Not every company can afford to just have three giant teams working on three independent uh, games in a franchise at the same time, you know. And even with Call of Duty, uh, which I might delve into a little later, like with Black Ops 4, it's very clear Blackout was not something they had from the start. Obviously, they were probably like the focusing on a campaign, and, and at some point they kind of lost that vision and cut the campaign because Blackout, while very good, seems like it was cobbled together within the last, like, six, seven months. Now I can't really say that with any kind of authenticity. But just the, the, the window dressings and the sort of just how the progression in that is so different and so, like, just contrasting to multiplayer and zombies. Um, and that's Treyarch, you know. They're kind of the star of the Call of Duty show ever since Black Ops 1, I'd argue, or at least since, like, Black Ops 2. Um, you know, they're given three years to kind of crank out their stuff and figure it out, and what we got is, I wouldn't call it middling, but I don't know, it's different. It's it's a huge risk not to have a campaign, I'd argue, just because, like, they never even bothered to do it before, but they were so not confident in that campaign uh, that they cut it out even after probably having a lot of different motion capture sessions and a bu- a bunch of cinematics and stuff that they just kind of cobbled together in tutorials. It's 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 strange. I don't know. Like Call of Duty Black Ops Four is is that level of strange to WWE? I'd argue just because like clearly earlier this year, late last year, something shook uh, shook up at Treyarch big time. Um, and I think the Battle Royale thing, being as big as it was, was like a huge saving grace for that game. So, Because right. um, I'm, I'm not even a huge Battle Royale guy, and I think it's just very polished. You know, it, this is what happens when you have a company throw millions and millions of dollars at a concept that hasn't really been fleshed out that much. You know, obviously Epic and, you know, PUBG being back by like Tencent and stuff, they have money, but they don't have that kind of polish and flair that games like Call of Duty are known for. So having that sort of wrapped in a Battle Royale shell in Call of Duty Black Ops 4, that like Blackout just works. It, it It's so... It's the least critical thing I can ever say, but it just works, you know? Like, 
the the gunplay is just arcadey enough where it feels like a weird in between for PUBG and Fortnite, um, with also the mobility stuff and how they're going to change the map like Fortnite. Like it's a weird in between. I think it actually works very well. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. I've I've been trying to think about trying out uh, Black Ops. Oh no, I'm not. I'd recommend Redbox again. Just yeah. Redbox, no. like if you don't. If you don't get your fill, then you can just take it back the next day, and you, you spend f- three or six dollars or something like. Because I'm a huge fan of the old zombies modes from like World of War, Black Ops, even a little bit Black Ops Two. But like, I'm not really digging what they've turned Black Ops zombies into because it's a lot more of like RPG progression stuff and what I would consider just like a horde mode and everything else. Like, there's like there's like. Bioshock Infinite Vigors and like so many just like systems on systems on systems built into Call of Duty Black Ops 4 zombies that I'm just oh, almost overwhelmed. Like there's gods, there, there's like god, uh, you know, ancient gods pantheon statues on these things, and you have to do like certain challenges to do this, that, or the other. Like back in, I don't want to say back in the day because I'm goddamn 24, I sound like an old man, but like in older Call of Duty games. Uh, when you did you did secret stuff in zombies mainly just to like I don't know at most power up your gun, turn on the electricity in the map so you can do more stuff. But like starting starting at the end of Black Ops One, I'll say I'll say that Moon, the last piece of DLC for uh, Call of Duty Zombies in Black Ops One, that's when you started to see like well here's like logic there's like seven logic puzzles that you can do throughout the course of the zombies map. And like by the time they got to Black Ops Two, I'm just like, man, this is this is a lot to take in. I'm not really, <laughs> not really digging this. I don't know, but I mean, I've 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 been guilty of just like preferring simpler systems, even in stuff like RPGs. This is where the great uh, like weekend feud between you and I for Persona Four and Persona Five came into play. But like when I have a, a, a system that I feel like is simple enough to kind of wrap my head around and, and work with. When you just kind of shove stuff on top of it, I'm not saying Persona 5 does this mainly for any Call of Duty, but when you just kind of shove system on system on system on top of it, I don't know, I just get kind of turned off. Right. So. No, I get it. I don't know. And, like, multiplayer, still multiplayer, like, it's whatever. Like, I, I... Half the maps feel like they're Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2 maps. I don't know what they're kind of doing on that end. Um, I mean, people like those maps, I guess, but, like, they... I can't tell you a single new map but i can tell you that they have like array and firing range and like shit like that i don't know it's it, i think this call of duty is going to be just fine um because yeah. i think blackout's going to be the thing that almost saves it because otherwise i think it would be pretty middling um blackout is like who knows what the next if whatever next year's call of duty is i guess it would be like fucking Infinity Ward's turn again. Maybe they'll go back to Modern Warfare. Who knows? Because, um, like, I, man, I, you know, it's been, like, eight years since the last Modern Warfare. If they, went, if they did Modern Warfare 4, I bet that would be very... Uh, people would respond very warmly to that. So, right. But, I mean, are they going to do their own Battle Royale? Like, is it going to be a different thing? Are people going to give a shit? Like, even if Battle Royales are completely dead by next year, I feel like, you know, these things go into play so early that they're still probably going to do it. Like... The last Battle Royale game is probably going to be in, like, 2025, you know? Like, it, it's just one of those things where 
even when the fad, the quote unquote fad is dead, the people are going to still do it. Like they released a Toys to Life game last week. You know, yeah. like <laughs> it, it takes a while for this stuff to kind of fizzle out. And I don't think I don't even think I don't even know if Starlink is going to fizzle out. It might turn into like a Nintendo franchise, but because uh, I can't imagine playing that game on, uh, on like without the Star Fox characters. To be honest, um, well, I always just thought with that, I just thought wouldn't it have just been more beneficial just to do uh, like a Star Fox toy or a Nintendo toys to life like. We have all these amiibos. Wouldn't that be the thing? It's just like, hey, Nintendo, let's just do a Toys to Life thing. I I don't know. Like it's Ubisoft who had really good results with Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the sort of wheelhouse that that idea came from. But I don't. For some reason, I guess they were hesitant to just hand them the Star Fox license wholesale. Because honestly, I feel like Starlink's better than most of the Star Fox games that have come out in the last like decade. You know, like. Because honestly, ever since like Assault, none of the Star Fox games have really been that good. You know, like, so which, most of them which have been franchise has more good, more good games, Star Fox or Metroid? I'm telling you that um, there's no bad Metroid game besides Metroid Other M. So you know, like you, you've got a lot. Okay, and maybe Federation Force. So that's like two out of like thirteen Metroid games, sir. I'd, I'd throw somebody Metroid Prime Pinball before I threw them Star Fox Zero. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Star Fox Zero is not that bad of a game. It's not terrible, but it's just it does nothing. It's got no teeth, man. It does nothing new. It's just like here's a pretty Star Fox sixty four, but with some like weird fucking motion controls that nobody likes. And here's like the 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 mech walking shit from Star Fox two, a game that never came out but then did. Um, I don't know. It's it's so bizarre to see the trajectory of like a Star Fox franchise. I mean, and to be fair, what happened with Starlink, I don't think is a bad outcome for Star Fox. You know, like if anything, it's going to push Starlink sales, especially on the Nintendo Switch, like pretty pretty high. So yeah, I don't know. Like it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because like even with Amiibo, those aren't dead because they're having new Amiibo come out with Smash Brothers. Um, like they ha- they're gonna have Ridley and Snake and you know all the returning like melee cast like everybody's getting amiibos so like clearly like I don't I don't know it's hard to say if amiibos are dead I feel like they're just doing this to placate the the Smash Brothers audience who just kind of wants all their all their things and little figurines and whatnot and apparently you can unlock characters like super you can bypass the unlock process by just tapping an ami- excuse me an amiibo on it. So like if, if I don't want to fucking play the single player mode and get a random chance that I get Ridley, I could just tap a Ridley amiibo on and go to town. Is it Wait, is it really gated by amiibo? It's not that's not the only way. Like that is just a shortcut, which is what they do in most games with amiibo is that like oh in Mega Man 11 if you tap a Mega Man amiibo on, you'll just get like an extra life or something. Um or refill your energy. Uh it's just it's you can do that. You don't have to, but you can. I would assume uh, their single player or like their hidden mode Smash Brothers has is going to be how you unlock all the characters. My big pie in the sky idea is that it's going to be like old school adventure mode or, or like Smash Tour or no, Smash Tour, Smash Run, where you're kind of just running through dungeons. Um, but like you'll every, I think it's going to be like a roguelike. I think every time you play it it's going to be a little different and it can't it, it could be either single player or, or co-op like smash run um it's just that like every couple of rooms you go into you'll fight a character a random character from the roster 
Um, and if you beat them, you get them. You unlock them. There's 70 goddamn characters to unlock. They're going to have to streamline this somehow. They said that up front when they said that everybody's here. Like, we're going to have a process that kind of expedites character unlocking. You're still going to have to unlock them, but it's not going to take for fucking ever. If you so. pay $100 up front, you can unlock all the characters. <laughs> oh, from the start. Ooh, Would that be worth it? No, but I mean, I do have friends who have lots of amiibos, so it's like, uh, you have a chic amiibo, you have a corn amiibo, like, I want these characters first, let me just have them. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel super uh, disgusted by amiibo, like, unlocking the characters first, because, like, clearly you're going to be able to do it in a pretty quick manner already. So, and there's so many fucking characters to unlock, it only makes sense that they kind of find some weird way to expedite it. So, uh, but man, that's coming out in like six weeks or something. Uh, that that is that is coming out soon. I cannot wait. That is going to be like my game to end all games for at least the rest of 20, 2018 Well, into twenty nineteen. So, yeah, that comes out. Uh, Red Dead comes out next week. Yeah, and then you got I and nobody else is excited for this, but me and my friend Tyler. But uh, fucking World of Final Fantasy is coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, that's coming out. And then you got Pokemon Let's Go. That'll be out a couple weeks after that. And a couple weeks after that is Smash Brothers. And you've got, like, I don't know, like Diablo 3 on the Switch, if if you are so inclined, is also going to be there. Um, like, there's just a lot kind of coming up for that thing. And that's not even counting, like you said, Red Dead. Like, that, that is its own enigma of, like, this is going to be a juggernaut. Like, nothing else is going to really be in front of this for a couple weeks, at least. So... It's a busy right. time for video games. I don't know. And, and since the last time we recorded, there's been some like ups and downs with the whole Rockstar stuff with uh, Crunch and whatnot. It seems, I don't know, anecdotal every which way. I'm not trying to be a centrist asshole about it. It just seems like some people are being fucking you know, forced to work these long hours and some people are not. The way they've gone about, Rockstar has gone about like disclosing that stuff has been a little uh, suspect, let's say. Like, oh, you're totally allowed to talk about stuff on social media. Be critical. Like, yeah, I could do that, or I could not, and have a better chance of getting a fucking bonus at the end of the year. You know? Like, just because somebody says you can do something doesn't mean there won't be consequences, right? Like, right. Uh, that just rubbed me the wrong way of like, oh, see, they're letting them talk freely on social media. Like, fuck you, they're not. Like, that's not how the world fucking works. Yeah, I, I, I'm... In the situations that I'm currently in, I'm just not a huge fan of the whole, oh, yeah, Control. you don't have to work. Over- no, they shouldn't work overtime, period. Right, uh, exactly. Like, that, they're fucking just... rock star. Like, they have money coming out their fucking wazoos. Like, Grand Theft Auto V sold, like, 110 million copies. Like, you can afford more people to kind of split that load, you know, like, in half. Like, hire twice as many people. You could do that and not have a dent in your bottom line. Like, it's just crazy to me that of all fucking companies, like Rockstar is just like, yeah, we kind of just got to work these people to death, you know, or like 100-hour weeks, which, if you do the math, is over four straight days a week, which is just, yeah. in my mind, not fucking feasible, you know? Like, I'm worn out after a goddamn, like, 43-hour week. I cannot, but I mean, to be fair, that's the only, that's the highest workload I've ever really had. But to, but then, like, I shouldn't have to be pushed more than that. Like, people shouldn't have to be coerced into doing that. And, like, having that sort of flippant, like, well, you can talk about it. So be critical, you know, be honest. Like, 
I could be honest, or I could get on the fucking Hauser's good side and get my, you know, a little raise or a bonus at the end of the year for all my efforts. Or not. Maybe they don't say anything and they still get fucked, you know? It's the fucking games industry. Like, people uh, get crazy fatigue and burnout, like, super quick in the industry, so. Yeah. Uh, It just kind of skis me out. That alone isn't, like, turning me off of Red Dead Redemption 2. I think I was just kind of neutral on it to begin with, and that just sort of tipped the scales a bit. Like, I might get it in a few weeks, a few months. I don't know. Like, I, I, it feels like a game I'd be safe to wait on. So, uh, yeah, I've I've been really good to try to play at least play everything for game of the year stuff. Um, but yeah, that's probably one I probably. Oh man, am I gonna fucking stand for Octopath Traveler hard? Because I've been playing that game too uh, continuously. Oh, I've, I've enjoyed. I enjoyed the demo I played of that. I haven't played a lot of it, honestly. Um, I enjoyed the demo I played of that. Um, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how anything is going to currently be uh, Monster Hunter for me. Like I love Spider Man, but Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter World is incredible. Yeah, that that is that was like I don't know the closest I got to that fantasy star level of like. Having like having a group, a clan, a guild, pretty much like every week doing stuff pretty consistently through the summer. Yeah, um, I, I was actually just talking to my really friend. Fun. I was talking to my friend today. I was I literally just like I he was talking about Monster Hunter. I was like, oh yeah, I should totally put that in, but I have not put that in yet. So it's a hell of a game, and I've been playing Generations Ultimate on Switch, and it is a bit of a step backwards in terms of quality of life, but. It still has that Monster Hunter magic, so like there's still stuff to, there's still fun to be had. I just my currently the people I would normally play that game with are all fucking balls deep in Destiny Two. Like it, it's, oh, man, it's not that I dislike Destiny Two. It's just it seems like it's all that some some of my friends talk about, and the fact that I'm not in it, you know, it's a bit selfish on my part. But it's like I don't even know what the fuck like you guys are in a different world. And to be fair. You know, I've been on the other side of that where, like, oh, all my friends but one are talking about Overwatch, including me. Like, I, and so I'm not going to make a stink about it, but it's just one of the things, like, eh, can you can you just play, like, Monster Hunter with me a little bit? Like, do you have to yeah. play the, the raid in Destiny 2 for, like, seven hours straight? Like, yeah. I mean, and there's still games I need to go back. Like, I got really bored of, of, um, God of War. Really God of War. Yeah. So I did the, I got to Idrisil, but I haven't done anything since I got to that stupid dragon. So I should really do that. It's still installed. I just haven't even touched it. I just want to play uh, more Dead Cells after I'm done with Octopath Traveler. Like, that'll be my little power cleanser for JRPGs. That game yeah, is excellent. I, mean, I love, I love Dead Cells. Even though I've only gotten to like the first boss, I always mm-hmm. end up. Like like hitting a wall after that first boss, yeah. Uh, but I love, like you said, I just love just picking up and playing Dead Cells. Like it feels fun to play. Like I don't same have thing, to see the end game with that. So same thing. Good. Same thing. I have. I feel with Celeste. Like it's just a game that oozes um, this particular style, and in this like platforming, like Super Meat Boy, like they're even trying to tackle issues of like anxiety and isolation and. Like finding yourself on this journey, like it's it, it's ambitious, but not like overly ambitious to the point of like l- loving the smell of its own farts, you know. Like I, it, Celeste is a very special game. I really, really like Celeste. So, like that's probably a lock for me. Like, there's, I, it might be tough for me to nail down a top ten, honestly. Like, 
I know Hollow Knight doesn't technically count because it came out last year, but I could totally see that in there. It doesn't count. Like... Old, it doesn't count. Old game of the uh, uh, <clears throat> new old game of the, best old game of the year. True, it would be in that cat then that giant bomb category for sure. And here's the thing: here's Travis, you're gonna be mad, or TL, you're gonna be mad at me, but uh, I bought Undertale the day it came out on Nintendo Switch, and I have not played it, and I have not played any Undertale ever. I um, haven't played Undertale in like three years. I love that game, but I haven't played it. But I'm, I think I'm ready to play it now. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know when the game came out. Because I, I was an early adopter for buying the game on PC and never fucking played it. Because that's, I think, when I first started just accumulating a backlog that I could never surmount, essentially. Because um, I got it, like, August of the year it came out, which is, I think, not to be a fucking hipster about it, but just, like, before it set the world on fire. Maybe by right. a few weeks, I'm not sure. But uh, I think I'm ready to... I'm divorced enough, because... Everybody talks about how, like, oh, the fan base is so toxic, your fan base is so stupid, but it's it's really not that bad, especially considering the fandoms that have cropped up in the last few years. Uh, I'll take it over that shitty uh, Rick and Morty fandom any day of the week. Yeah, exactly. Like, there have been there have been far worse things that have sprouted from quality, as such as, like, Rick and Morty stuff. So, I don't know. It's I, I want to give Undertale a shot and on a shake. Uh, it's, it's been long enough, you know? I think I could just finally give it the the playthrough it deserves and i don't really know a lot about like i've probably been spoiled like by osmosis i just don't spoilers don't really sink in for me a lot of times like i'm not like, like if somebody would were to spoil fucking the synopsis of avengers 4 i probably wouldn't freak out all that much because it wouldn't sink in too much but i i could just kind of do that i don't know if that's just like a me thing but just they kind of bounce off me point being um, there's still be a lot of stuff I would find hilarious and touching and all those kind of emotions about Undertale. So I earnestly want to give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I was thinking about picking it up, but then I was like, I could also replay through uh, Mother 3, and I haven't done that in a while. There you go. Yeah. Lucas is coming back in Smash Brothers. You know, he's still the sole character who hasn't had their game released in America. So. Yeah. Did we ever do a grind? We've, we've done any mother games, games, to be honest, right? which is uh, wild. I'd say, huh. for sure, for sure. Yeah, we should definitely fix um, that soon. But yeah, just I'm kind of looking at my my short digital backlog on the Switch. Do you see? Did you see that fucking zombie Mario from Mario Odyssey? He looks fucking horrifying. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know what they're kind of up to. Like, I thought it was a Smash Brothers thing, but this Mario has a fucking villager axe in his head, with like you know, no pupils in his eyes. His fucking his clothes are torn. Like, it looks horrifying. It's so weird that they're having this like murder boner for their fucking characters. I thought it, was, like I said, contained a Smash Brothers, maybe tied into their single player mode or whatever. Do you know how awesome it would be if they did that fucking roguelike that I talked about, but it was in fucking. Like a randomized version of Dracula's Castle every time. I would shit bricks, man. That'd be awesome. That'd be yeah, so much better. I've also I was thinking about playing through the old Castlevania stuff. I did say I went through like a weird like I I know the Castlevania timeline now. You told me about that of like how you've just you, you went on some kind of like lore walk, this lore journey to and you you now know all the Castlevania lore. Was it, it that Brett Elston video? It wasn't. It was actually a different, longer video. I think it was over with all the videos combined because it actually went 
more in depth on everything that went into it. It was about, I would say it's about seven and a half hours. Jesus Christ. God, do they go over the events of every single game of what happens and stuff? Like, yeah, they do. They, they full do. synopses. Good they lord, they do full on synopses. Do they do they bridge the Lords of Shadow games to the main timeline? No, because it's not. But they did a video of like alternate timelines, which Lord of Shadow falls under. Right. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know why I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I just want to get a complete full synopsis of X, and I got it, and I was like, huh. Okay, so I'll just keep on watching these. Like I don't, I don't know I've, why. I've totally been there, man. Like in in that same sort of mindset of like, why am I doing this to myself? Like I played enough Hearthstone that I was kind of just getting genuinely curious about Warcraft lore. And boy, howdy, is there a lot of Warcraft lore? Yeah. Uh, there's there's enough to fill a fucking like quintology of series of things that happen of like. You know, the, the first battle of the orcs and humans, how it sets up everything with the Legion and the Void Lords and every and the old gods and the Titans. And there's so, oh, there's so much just to get a better understanding of the Hearthstone cards. And then I'm like, oh, that that's Harrison Jones. That's a he's, he's an archaeologist professor. <laughs> get it like <laughs> Harrison Jones. Well, but, it's, uh, it's the reason why I got really into uh Kingdom Hearts, because I had that whole Kingdom oh, Hearts lore thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I stopped making fun of how complex Kingdom Hearts is, because I know if I actually played it, it wouldn't be that complex, and I follow far stupider things. Oh, well, uh, no, it is complex and stupid. Uh, but, I mean, it's not it's not, it's not to the level of, like, oh, how could you possibly ever wrap your mind around Kingdom Hearts? Like, it's so impossibly d- deep. And Yeah, and, but and I feel just... like whenever I start talking about Kingdom Hearts, though, it's like I'm a it's like I'm a sleeper cell agent. It's like, <laughs> like like I'm a cheering candidate. Like, like it's Square Enix just activated you. Like I, so that trailer came out for the new trailer. Frozen. No, not not the Frozen trailer. The oh, the Hercules one. stuff. The, yeah, the new one, and it shows more of like it shows the shows the organization, and then it shows like who looks like it could be Ventus, and then there's also Venetus there, and I'm just like, I I went from. Being the guy who wrote the article of, hey, we should never have Kingdom Hearts 3 to like, okay, I need Kingdom Hearts 3 here because you just you just answered two questions and then left me 12 and I need to know what the hell is going on. Is the, I, master, beyond, is the master of Masters uh, behind this? Because he's in that trailer and I need to know. Just, like, God, I, I watched that fucking movie, the mobile game movie they made for like the 2.8 collection and I'm just like... Why is this guy with his hood up talking to this little version of the guy with the hood up? And it's not Xehanort. It's the Master of Masters. But it who, might be Xehanort. Who is Xehanort? Like, who is Xehanort? The first Xehanort? I don't, he, like... And who's Vanitas? What, I, I asked Hannah this, and I still don't understand. Okay, like, so, trust me, she's she's on a level where, like, I kind of am with Dragon Ball with Kingdom Hearts. Like, she can yeah. just deconstruct everything on a on a level that I can understand, and even I'm just like, why is, like, why does this person's shadow, like, have a corporeal form when nobody else's shadow does? Okay, so, basically, Ventus is the guy who... Who's from Birth by Sleep, right? Right. Uh, Well, he's from Birth by Sleep, right. So, Ventus, at some point, Ventus, like, you know how in in the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, Sora becomes a nobody, and that helps create Roxas, but then Roxas is also... (laughs) 
It's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> this is why it's dumb. Uh, because oh. Ventus is Ventus is Sora to a degree. Like, so Ventus's soul is gone, and Venetus is kind of made like out of one half of that soul. I could be completely wrong, and Hannah will probably be like, "No, no," but it's like, "No, it's, no, it's that is it's, not canon." It's, it's something like that where, like, they're so Sora. The reason why Sora can can hold a Keyblade isn't because he did the, like everyone passes on their Keyblade on. So like, um, Terra passes his his Keyblade on to um, on to um, he passes his Keyblade on to Riku, which is why Riku can wield a Keyblade. There's a or like keyblade one for master. all, like. You basically yes, there's a ceremony and you pass on your keyblade. Um and Aqua passed her keyblade on to Kari, which is why in Dream Drop Dissonance, uh Kari became a keyblade uh wielder and it's and a lot of the trailers that I can even understand are her training pretty much. Well it's her and Axel. Axel. Yeah, because yeah, and Dream Drop that's that's directly from like you if you're gonna play that game, you need to play Dream Drop Dissonance, which I think is on uh two point eight. Uh, which it's I'll on, find out it's on two point. F- I'm pretty sure it's on two point five. Um, but I don't. Think- I, I saw Hannah play it, so I know it's on PS4. Yeah, I don't think it's on two point five. I have two point five. I don't think it's on two point five. Well, then it might be two point eight. Then it may be two point eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely play it, um, but you, that I hate that everyone's like, "Well, I have to do. I have to learn all this stuff." It's like, no, you don't. It's not that crazy. Like, degree. I. I think you could go into Kingdom Hearts 3 blind and it wouldn't, like, fucking turn your brain into a fruit gusher. Like, I think you'd be okay. They yeah. wouldn't purposely make it so, like, you could only... Because, like, it's the same thing as Infinity War. Like, you could watch Infinity War without watching the rest of the MCU. There's stuff you won't pick up on. There's relationships you won't really fully understand how they got to where they were. But ultimately, you know, the narrative is still pretty complete on its own. I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be the same thing. Yeah, I would say honestly, if you if you don't care anything about the organization thirteen stuff, which I, I, I again, if you don't, I don't begrudge you because it's all <laughs> dumb and stupid, and I hate it. Um, and you just want to see Kingdom Hearts in by Disney Worlds, then don't care about the story. Sora is a likable enough character. Like, j- just and play... it turns out that he's not even the Keyblade Master, so. It doesn't even matter for like, it. Ju- like just play. Uh, arguably, I'd say the one like the essential ones would be like what one birth by sleep, two and dream drop, and you could watch fucking YouTube videos of the rest. Yeah, you, one you don't need to play Chain of Memories because literally that whole story is explained in two. In two. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> one of the things. Like I really hated that I played a lot of a lot of a lot of Chain of Memories, which I really don't like. Um, that was the first game I was like, oh, this sucks. Um, <laughs> you know, like active card one. battles? Yeah. It's not just that the active one, the card battle system is broken, but you know, like, fighting against Organization 13 was like a lot. Um, and I, you don't Who need cares to... about 358 over two days, like, unless you're a Roxas fangirl. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's very much Roxas. And then, like, there's Xeon stuff, like, maybe, I don't know. Like, it's so. Who am I going to eat ice cream with? There's so much and sea salt ice cream and I'm I'm gonna play through all those. <laughs> That's actually what I'll probably do tonight. So be putting in Monster Hunter. I'm gonna 
continue my quest because I want to kick kick the tires on Kingdom Hearts again because they I think they announced a new new collection with like I think they're the, literally the name of the collection is, uh, for PS4 they have is just like it's the whole goddamn series like that may as well be so, the yeah, name the, of the, the title. The collection I have is the one point I have I have one point five plus two point five. Uh-huh. That is the one I got. I think it was like it was like thirty bucks, and I was like, "Well, it's literally seven one hundred hour games." I mean, and the the thing is, I think the naming conventions of the games also kind of just turn people off of just like, uh, and even to the compilations, like you can't just call it like the Kingdom Kingdom Hearts Volume One or something, like the Kingdom Hearts Collection well, Volume One. Well, it's because so the thing is with all those collections, they have final mixes on there, which is why you can't call it like. Kingdom Hearts 1 collection, like you have to call it the 1.5 collection because Final Mixes, they all have more to the story to them that they put onto the back end in the Final Mixes. And there's more optional bosses and stuff like that. Like they're, mm-hmm. it, they're basically DLC enhanced games. Um, so it's a lot. Like It is definitely, are, that is a word for it, is a lot. <laughs> there are also, I've also been through many Kingdom Hearts timeline videos. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I've known a lot of... Key- but here's the thing, like, you know what lore video I watched and I was like, okay, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It wasn't Kingdom Hearts, it was Metal Gear. Honestly. Yeah, it's, that's another series of just peeling back the layers of, like, I mean, like, just having the games lined up next to each other is, is not super difficult, because it's like... I don't know, like three Peace Walker, five portable ops. I think it's non-canon, and then you just get into like Metal Gear One and Two, and then Solid One, Two, and Four. Yeah, I don't know. Like the fact that I can name it off the top of my head is whatever. But what happens in those games and what transfers from game to game—that's the whack part. That's the crazy part. Like Metal Gear yeah. Solid Four seems like the craziest goddamn fucking climax movie game I've ever heard of. Like it, it just it seems insane, top to bottom, and I do I love myself a good lore video. I was unironically keeping up with like Five Nights at Freddy stuff for a while there, like I, yeah. just because I, I was a, it was just a morbid curiosity, if nothing else. I wasn't gonna play the games. I mean, what is there to really play that I'm not watching on YouTube anyway, right? Right. No, I I um I haven't I it's one of the reasons why I used to like the Matt Pat videos, and now that he's done with it, until he starts doing more lore stuff, I'm I'm good. Oh, you didn't want to watch this fucking like Peachette thing, right? Where it's no. just like where where like the toad toads are like worker bees and like toadettes are queen bees, or they have to fucking fight. I don't know. A bit of a stretch, but I appreciated it. But they're a far cry from like the old digging into Five Nights at Freddy's stuff. So yeah. and now he's doing like ARGs and shit in his videos, which is just wild. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like I always find that kind of shit fascinating. Even Metroid, which you think has a pretty concrete timeline, like. Yeah, I, nobody really, nobody has dates for this stuff. Like, and where the fuck does Federation Force take place? Like, why is this after Metroid Prime Three? Yeah, doesn't make any uh, goddamn sense. Like that, and then I, Zelda. Zelda is the king of this shit. Uh, Zelda is the Zelda is God. I am so cynical on the Zelda fucking three timeline shit, man. Like, back when it was happening, when Skyward Sword came out, Chris Antista of Laser Time was like, Skyward Sword, like that is. They put it at the fucking beginning just to sell Hyrule Historia, just to make it more important, like, than it actually is. When in reality, like, it doesn't fucking matter. And you know what? Breath of the Wild 
pretty much uh, is that. It feels like a still in the past, but a far flung future version of the past. What like it seems like, like the end, the end game for Ganon. Like literally, Zelda. Still- oh, go ahead. You no, know, with Breath of the Wild, I, I'm literally curious. Like, I think what makes that game really intriguing is that its lore dump is the world itself. Like, right. This is a. This is a. I, I told my buddy, I'm, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy my buddy because uh, he's, he's getting a Switch. He's getting uh, the Smash Bros. Switch, which comes out on the seventh of next month, which is weird because it doesn't come out. It doesn't come out until December. Um, but. Yeah, uh, he he was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy you the best Zelda game, and he was like, he's like, are you sure it's the best Zelda game? And the best way I can articulate it, and I know you talked about like you know finding a Lionel and everything like that. I think that's cool moments, but there's always like, I think finding the Iron Knuckle and and Ocarina of Time is also really cool, and right, learning how to you know to maneuver around that fight, but it's such an engrossing world that's lived in. Like, it, we're both people who play D and D. Obviously, we do After Alpha, which is a, a like a a fantasy, you know, a, a space, you know, RPG. But like, imagine playing D and D in that Zelda world. You know, and you could totally it, fill in those gaps and actually do it. Like, yeah, and like all those all those areas. Like, I remember going into like the lower plateau, like because everything is kind of. All everything really happens in like the like the northern, like northwest, like the western side. There's you know there's the Hebrew mountains. Beasts. Yeah, there's two divine beasts in the western side, and then in the in the centrals where uh, where the uh, Kakarot Castle is. Yeah, right. and then like so that like it's everything. Everything's kind of centered more to the northeast and then west, right? But if you go to the southeast, to where those islands are. There's a whole shipping. There's a whole fishing village. There's a coastal town, and then you go to the other Literally, side, and it's a fucking like desert village, a matriarchal desert village. Like, but like the fishing village, like they don't have a champion from there. There's like this whole like it's literally like it's like oh hey we just live our life and have this whole little village here. They're the small timers, like they're the the, the quaintest little like fishing village. Yeah, and all I know is that uh, that's where I find Kilton the most. Kilton's the guy who sells all like the fucking monster stuff and like yeah. all, all the uh, masks and whatnot. Like I don't know. There's there's a there's a special. There's like this truly, like it, it sounds hackneyed for me to say, but like a magic to Breath of the Wild in terms of how it asks you to tackle any sort of objective, any way you kind of really want to. Um, and I still I I maintain that like the weapon durability like all the breaking weapons and stuff ties into that a bit. Like you can't just find one solution that'll work forever. You have to toy around with stuff and kind of see what works. And even, even in the shrines, which I feel comparable mostly to like portal puzzles, like there's not most of the time. It's not just one solution. You could break the game in a way that gets you to the end. And that's just as legitimate. And, um, you know, like it's so, like I said, it, it is the exact opposite of Skyward Sword, right? Like, Skyward Sword was this empty world of nothingness, which was the story it was trying to tell. It's like, hey, these people lived in the sky. They weren't, you know, they, they never came down here. Mm-hmm. But it's just like this empty world of nothingness where, like, Hyrule is lived in. Exactly. Like, there, when you see... 
like, you know, you go into a dilapidated house and there's like a couple weapons on the floor and like some pages scattered about. Like, it's very easy rote lived in shit, but it's it's the most I've ever seen in a fucking Zelda game by Country Mile. Like, right. and, and like how it asks you to just sort of tackle that world is just so it's it's what I think we're starting to see with a lot of other open world games starting to take. Like minimalistic uh, HUDs and not a lot of just crowded objectives from thing, point A to point B. There are side quests in Breath of the Wild, but they definitely take a backseat to just doing whatever the fuck you want. Like, you know, I, I spend a good chunk of time just finding the best way to make Link ragdoll around like a fucking idiot off a mountain like when I was surfing on, uh, on a surfboard. And I found out fucking like a week ago that if you press the Y button while you're doing that, he does like Tony Hawk spins. Like yeah. he does a fucking 900. And I'm like, how did I not, like, I've had this game, I've played 180 hours of this game for a year and a half. You know, like, uh, how am I still discovering things that I did not know? Like, that's still, the fact that the game has that such a wealth of knowledge is just, mm, God, Breath of the Wild is just so fucking good. It, it's it's truly my favorite game of all time. Like, bar none. You know, there's no other game that kind of tickles that itch for me. Like, all, Metroid Primes be damned, you know, I love those games, but... Like and and they they do share a little bit of DNA and I'd even say like the Mario Odyssey game uh, has a bit of that sort of creativity of like you can tackle this kind of however you want like you have the toolkit available to you because of Cappy um, and most of the time when you go to an area you're not supposed to go to there's just fucking coins there like it's like the developers winking at you like ha you got there good job you don't really get anything but we recognize your talent so yeah. I don't know it's it's a cool thing Nintendo games do nowadays I hope. I hope that extends to something like your Metroid Prime 4s or even like a Luigi's Mansion or something because they are they are making a Luigi's Mansion 3. Don't you forget it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just I can't wait to see what they do with that. Nintendo was re- has been really knocking out of the park with their first party games, uh, especially on the Switch. So Yeah. Yeah, uh, Super very... Mario Party is still, still doing pretty well. People seem to like Mario Tennis Aces. I um, like some of the changes that they're doing for Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu Let's Go, Eevee to the point where, like, I think we've had this discussion of, like, do we play this game? Because, like, I know that Sun and Moon 2, like, well, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I, I was totally burned out. We both were kind of burnt out on it. We both whiffed on it pretty pretty hardcore, um, even though they, yeah, they're but, perfectly serviceable games, but right. like, I don't know. it. I, don't, I go back and forth on Let's Go all the time, honestly. Like I, when, I like the, I, I like the idea of the master of the master trainer, but like, they're like, all just it's all the thing is about that is just it's under fifty one trainers with just one Pokemon per so like you're gonna be fighting a guy who just has a Caterpie you're gonna be fighting a guy who just has a Moltres you're gonna be fighting a guy who just has an Octobuzz like is yeah but that did the you extent see, like did you see like they they don't have like the standard move set like they have different moves. If they're think, like, if it's truly like just crushingly difficult, I will look on that with open arms because that's the first time I'd ever I'd ever seen something at Pokemon that looks remotely challenging. And let's go, so right. like I, I would be very welcome to something like that. Yeah, because I mean, if that's the case. I can. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can walk through playing Pokemon Gen One with my eyes closed. With your eyes closed, with your feet, man. Like you and me both. Like it's not difficult to wrap your fucking head around Gen One, especially but in if, this Pokemon Go like. Yeah, but but if I have to be all 150 and use that Pokemon that they're using and then figure out, like, because in the trailer, the Gyarados knows Thunderbolt, and if I have to fight that Gyarados with another Gyarados, I'm kind of fucked. 
Right. Like there's, there, I mean, there's ways around it. Having a having that Gyarados be very fast, and then having no thunder, uh, thunder, uh, uh, thunderbite. Is it thunderbite or thunderfang? Thunder I don't know. Thunderfang. Yeah. Like then, like then, let's go, motherfucker. But yeah, it's. <laughs> I I I don't want to write it off completely, like as some kind of old man stance, like it changed too much. I'm not into it. Like. I think Pokemon was need in need of that kind of change, so I don't know. Like, it, it makes me interested to see where Generation Eight goes when it's going to be a traditional Pokemon game, because you know you're not going to have the no random encounters thing. Probably you're not going to have like the the what is it CP versus like the traditional leveling system. I'm not sure. Like, it's it'll be interesting. I I I will definitely. I probably won't like have it day one. I'll probably wait a couple of days just to get people's feelings on it. Like, I'll get your take on it, or Bibs or like Joe Merrick from Cerebi. You know, like or Shofu, like just people's opinions on Pokemon. I trust pretty much. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, see, we'll definitely do there, and then obviously, me and you are going to probably go full hog in Gen Eight. Oh yeah, that is. Oh, I can't wait. God, that's going to be fun. Because even if it is just kind of like a a sort of incremental update to the levels of like Sun and Moon, like there's been enough time as this past where I think it would be a bit more fresh. Whereas with Sun and Moon to Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, that was like fuck eleven months. I swear to God, like it was so soon after, and it was like the exact same game for the first half. So, so that's what you got to look forward to for us here on PNB. Um, we've got a bunch of different level selects and grind forevers lined up for the for for the rest of the year. Actually, yeah. Um, uh, I think this week we'll have. I think this week will be the grind forever with you and. Um... You and Brandon on Dragon Quest XI. Dragon Quest Eleven, a game that he was very much, uh, he very much loves. Probably one of his like top three games of the year for sure. Um, yeah. And we've also got game. We got I, Dragon. I had, Age. That's what I had. To, that's what I had to play. Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, that's what I had to play. Yeah, had to play. it's it's interesting. Like, because uh, sadly, my view of JRPGs has been not tainted by Octopath, but just because it's the it's in my fresh in my mind. Um, and like Dragon Quest Eleven, in a lot of ways, is like the polar opposite of Octopath, but still like great in its own ways. Um, right. So I, it makes me curious to get my hands on. It. I want to get it on the Switch when it comes out eventually. But um, look forward to that. We've got episodes with uh, Robert on level select, and we've got uh, Dragon Age Two Grind Forever coming out here shortly. Well, for the next few weeks, anyway. Um, right. We've we've got PNBFM up a fresh new one on battle themes boy did we accidentally overlap a lot on final fan on nobuo uematsu and uh, soji kejiro from persona like yeah. <laughs> we both I, had like three I, songs did i do any i think i i think i stayed away from that though you did final fantasy 5 you did uh, the battle theme from final fantasy 5 oh uh, i did because i was and then you did it, you did i forget what the other one was but uh, yeah. out the year door. that's Pit it Mark that's out. it of course, which is of course. the best battle theme. I, like, I, I fucking love that game so much. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but, but uh, the next time, the next, the next one I did was, was two was a mother was a mother remix and then the Undertale remix. So, well, there you go. Um, be sure to check those out. We've got Full Metal Optimist on the back burner a little bit while me and TL figure out. Uh, like how to press forward to that show. We have, we have we have an idea of how to do it. We just have to find a time. So that'll be back. Uh, let's yeah. say shortly. So yeah, I've already have a lot of clips for the upcoming episodes uh, done already. So we should be good on that front shortly. So 
Uh, support us on patreon.com slash PNB. That supports all of our bonus ventures here on the PNB network. Um, any little tiny amount will do. I'm so, I've started to uh, see an increase in names I don't recognize, which is a very nice feeling. Um, so be sure to keep those flames going on patreon.com slash PNB. TL, anything else you want to add? Uh, no. Um, oh, wait, yeah. Uh, Extra Life. November 2nd. Uh, this is my first official announcement. I'll be doing an Extra Life thing with Dylan. Um, we're going to maybe do some Pokemon stuff. It doesn't work. We're going to play Jackbox. I want you to play Hearthstone. I want to coach you playing Hearthstone. We'll figure it out. Um, November, <laughs> November, November 2nd. Uh, November second, well, no, sorry, November third. That is the that is the Saturday. So November third, we will be playing a lot of video games for charity. So hell to the yeah! So be sure to keep that uh, keep your eyes on that as we get closer closer to that date. Um, but until then, for myself and TL, have a good one. Hey guys, Little V here. Hope you enjoyed the video. And if you did, feel free to click on these other videos. You'll probably enjoy them too. And if you really enjoyed the video and want to help me produce more content like this, head over to my Bandcamp page and pick up an album or support me directly on Patreon. Every little bit helps and it keeps my lights on. Rock on. Peace out. See you next time.